0: And welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack and we're out of football season now at the moment so congratulations to Villarreal and congratulations to um, Chelsea for winning their European competitions, I obviously have recovered from Man United losing to Villarreal so I was very unhappy. Over the last couple of days, but it's all well and good. I had a nice little bank holiday weekend. Salem and I had, had a nice little trip to London, which was fun, following Brentford's win to the Premier League when they won against Swansea. So Salem, how was your weekend? You okay?
1: Yeah, it was good. Um Saturday was probably the better day. Um yeah, really enjoyed it. it uh, just got it, it always just goes so quick, like it's you know, nearly Monday well, not Monday, but Tuesday all over again and another week at work and then you know back to it again the cycle as we go but yeah i wish i sort of spent more time in london that's my only regret to be honest you
0: yeah kind of the same really i wish i could have stayed for an extra day on sunday and we could have done some more um exploring really and it was, it was quite fun but i thought you know what it's, it's all well and good back to work tomorrow we've had a good little couple of days of rest and we can go again but today we're going straight to our focus on the euro 2020 or euro 2021 so I've invited one of my football colleagues, my football scouts, from Lisbon, Portugal, so I'm not really sure how I need to introduce Felipe Neves, because Felipe Neves is actually quite a legend in um, in Lisbon football scouting, in Portuguese football scouting. He's going to yeah. go and say, oh, no, I, I'm not, I'm not, but he, he actually is, he's scouting at like many clubs around the around Europe and around the world and in South America as well. So Felipe, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast, how are you today?
2: Yeah, great. First of all, thank you very much, guys, for inviting me. Uh, And thank you very much for a kind word as well. So I am not all of that, but definitely I'm here to, to have a chat with you guys and all the community. So thank you very much once again for inviting me.
0: No, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. And thank you for speaking in English as well. And ob- obviously you, you speak in English because um, you worked at Tottenham Hotspur for a couple of years, once upon a time. And English is is, is as good as my, I wouldn't say Spanish, but Spanish is poor. My <laughs> Portuguese is non-existent. So I'm not going to pretend to speak Portuguese or Spanish today. Um, but no, speaking of Portuguese, you are Portuguese and we have the Euro 2020s coming up and Portugal are the holders of Euro 20. 20- no Euro 2016 and the the holders of the Nation Cup as well. So Portugal have it all really to lose and also play for this this tournament. So let's hear your first impressions of um, how you think Portugal are going to do this tournament around Felipe.
2: So you yeah, got France, so... you
0: got Germany, and you got Hungary in your group. Sorry, some trouble. Sorry, carry on.
2: Yeah, so we are in the so-called uh, group of death. Uh... So This will be tough but may or may not leave one of the favorites out um, with uh, eventually of three teams uh, move forward to, to the next stage. Uh, I think the surprise could happen if Hungary, who also plays at home in Budapest, uh, can win one game or, or draw. So uh, the, the most important in my opinion uh, is always the first the first game and uh, in the Portuguese situation, uh, it's even more important because we will play against Hungary and uh, if we lose or draw that could be dramatic for us. So I believe that by uh, beating Hungary and drawing one one of the next two matches Portugal will be qualified. If you guys remember the last time that Portugal uh, won the, the Euro 2016, uh, we were, were qualified uh, in third. So I think uh, uh, Portugal have very good uh, Possibilities to to pass, and then after that, in quarterfinals, semifinals, uh, I think everything can happen. It depends on on the in the draw, though. So I think Portugal, we will do it. To
0: be honest, with you guys. <laughs> no, that's good to hear. And It's good to hear that you're optimistic about it as well, because you really have nothing to lose. Because when you look at your team and your squad in 2016, compared to your even your team in 2019, compared to the team and the squad that you've got now. The quality of play that you have is ridiculous, and the fact that you've got so many players who've had really good seasons—the likes of Cancelo, the likes of Ruben Diaz, uh, Diogo Jota—I know, I know you think there's better players attacking wise than Diogo Jota, Felipe, and obviously Bruno Fernandes, who are all coming up to kind of be the supporting cast to Cristiano Ronaldo. Who obviously, this could be his last European Championships, and this could be Cristiano Ronaldo's last dance. But um, Salim, I just wanted to hear your thoughts because I know you're a big Cristiano Ronaldo fan. Just like a lot yeah. of us on Friday night, counter attack. Um, how do you think uh, Cristiano Ronaldo will fare in his tournament um, going forward? Against against Hungary first, then you have got Portugal, then you got France in the group stages, and I think they played France in a in a friendly, didn't they, Felipe? As well. Yeah,
2: yeah, and we played also in
0: in the Nations League. In the so, Nations League as well. Yeah. That's true. Sorry, sorry. I'd probably ahead. yeah.
1: Sorry, I'd say like i say the one thing, the key thing about Ronaldo is that he's adapted his game, so he's a lot different player as he was when we saw remembering him maybe 10 years ago even a bit more 15 years ago so he has adapted uh, he's still the main man for Portugal I'd say I still think he'd have I think he'll still have a big tournament and I still think that not even this, to- this tournament probably will even be his last tournament he can still turn up at the World Cup as you know still as their leader and their best player but I think the main thing for Portugal is that the other players have improved around him now I don't know I don't know what you think Felipe but I think like you've got a better overall team like I don't think I've seen a portugal team this strong for quite a while even I think this team is probably better than the one that won the euros in 16 we've got a lot of like young players like Felix coming through and then you've got like Bernardo Silva Neves Moutinho well Moutinho is a bit older but we've got even, like, in defense forgot uh, forgotten his name, that...
0: Um, You've got Guerrero, you got Cancelo, you got some... Cancelo, that's it. Yeah. yeah,
1: and there's a few more as well. I've forgotten some of the names yeah. now. Yeah, no, Nuno no, but... man.
2: No, Manch, that is a huge yeah. guy. That, that this guy's amazing. Probably him. And wasn't... then, sorry,
1: yeah, and I was going to say, even Pepe looked amazing the other day for... Was it Porto he was playing against... Um, Juventus. I think he was playing against Juventus. Yeah, 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 he was really good. that, And, you know, he's probably like 38 or something as well himself. So I think I think Portugal have got like a really good team, a really strong team. And, you know, with Ronaldo in your team, like he could make a goal from anywhere, like you could be, you know, sort of defending for 80, 90 minutes and he could just pop up with a header from any sort of cross corner, like he could score from anywhere, any type of goal, so you can't write Portugal off. But I think the main thing this time is that we won't see Portugal as like underdogs as much. We could see them as sort of like a bit more, like less of, less of an underdog, but more towards the favourite part because they've got a good system in place and, you know, they play some good stuff too. Yeah, definitely.
2: In my opinion right now, and Fernando Santos, our coach, uh, always switch between a four-three-three 3 3 and a 4-2-2 system or close variants of the two. So uh, most recently, uh, during the, the Nations League, he settled on 4-3-3 uh, with uh, yeah. Ronaldo in the middle, and then uh, we do Bernardo Silva uh, and uh, Diogo Jota as well, supporting him. So uh, I think that that probably will be uh, will be our our attack. Um, the doubt is the, the, the midfielder, you know, because um, Fernando Santos sometimes is a really... Conservative guy, <laughs> yeah. and and he can he can play sometimes with with two defensive midfielder, uh, usually William Carvalho from Betis and also uh, Danilo Pereira from Paris Saint Germain. Yeah. Uh, but we also have uh, Renato Sanchez and definitely uh, I think Bruno Fernandes will be. Yeah. The power sorry. Number yeah. Guy.
1: Bruno. Yeah. Bruno. That's the one I forgot. And um, Ruben Diaz was the other one I forgot as yeah, well. Yeah. Those two yeah. are going to be big names for you as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but, but I think Ruben-Nevs, uh, It depends of the match. I think for Henry, with Hungary, for, for example, we will, we will probably just one uh, ma- uh, center midfielder. But uh, with uh, with uh, France and Germany, probably we'll have two uh, defensive midfielders and and uh, have probably Bruno Fernandes uh, supporting Ronaldo. And uh, the back, I think it will be really easy. We'll be uh, we'll have ruben Diaz and Pep. Um, I think these two guys will be will be, uh, uh, the star 11 and on the right I think it will be Cancelo uh, and on the left I think it will be Nuno Mendes or, or Guerreiro. I don't know if you guys uh, know about Nuno Mendes Nuno Mendes is an amazing player
0: yeah.
2: he's a, a complete fullback
0: I, I, I learned about him obviously through FIFA and Football Manager but ever since uh, I saw him on Football Manager and FIFA I saw him for Sporting Lisbon as a left back and a left wing back as someone who is, is actually one of their key components to ha- why they won the, the, the title in, in Portugal as well. Because if you look at your squad that we've just mentioned now between yourself and Salem Felipe, you've got a lot of champions in there as well, not just for Ronaldo, um, but you've got people like Renato Sanchez who's won the league with uh, Lille. You've got Nuno Mendes who's won the league with Sports in Lisbon and, and you've got um, someone who I think is quite underrated and scored really quite a lot of important goals this year and Andre Silva for Frankfurt. So, you know how you mentioned the four-two-two-two. That's something I thought would be quite nice for me to watch as Portugal with Ronaldo and Silva up front as the two strikers. But it's just how um, Santos plays his team. It's just how you end up playing because you've got 26-man squad and you've got um, players all over the pitch that can cover both um, two, three different positions, which is really good to see. And obviously, you've got Sergio uh, Oliveira, who is really good for Porto in the Champions League. Mm. And when you look around this team, it's not just... Ronaldo and like squad players from other teams like Ede, he couldn't even get into the um, Swansea team after winning the Euros for Portugal. So he wasn't all that afterwards, unfortunately. Then you've got players like Diogo Jota, who's been really good for Liverpool. You've got Pedro Goncalves, who's billed as the next Bruno Fernandes as well. So he's been rated at 50, 60 million pounds or 60, 70 million Euros at the time as well. So it's, it's, it's quite exciting as, as a Portuguese fan, I would imagine but it's just if you can if you can kind of mold this team together and make this a, a greater team um but i just wanted to ask you for the next question is what differences have you seen from the nations league um, to this uh, tournament coming up have you seen any major differences or not so much
2: uh, in my opinion and we are we are uh, we never mentioned João Félix João Félix from Atletico Madrid if these guys start playing it will be it will be crazy because he's a really good player and uh, Uh, I really don't, I think he will not start in the beginning, but I think uh, he will be a really good substitute for for our team, but uh, uh, answering to your question, I think the big difference here and uh, we only lost one match again against uh, uh, France at home, Uh, we draw uh, at uh, Parque the Prince. so I think that Portugal right now, uh, and uh, we will play against probably the, the two worst teams for us because uh, Portugal will never win against Germany and against uh, France. So uh, it will be much easier for us to play against England, to be honest, <laughs> because we have a very, a very um, good uh, good record. Uh, but against Germany and France is not so good. I think that will be a, a very competitive match, both of them. Uh, but as I mentioned before, I think the key here will be uh, Hungary, that if Hungary will win up one point, uh, against Portugal, uh, France or, or Germany, that will make the difference. But I think right now, Portugal are really prepared for this competition. We have a, a really conservative coach, but uh, more focused on in results. So it's good for us. In The past we play a lot, but we never, I think, if you guys remember remember 2004 or 2010 or eight. So, so right now, I think uh, we are not, uh, the underdogs, we are not like for example, Spain, Germany, France, even England. Uh but we I think we are like Belgium, we could be
0: a good surprise for the for championship. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that's something I see as well. Sorry, Sally, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Oh
1: uh, that's exactly what I said, basically. Like they're not like underdogs anymore, how they were. Like I think I think part of the problem is that people probably don't know about Portugal that. Like, like sort of I don't think people I think people are gonna underestimate Portugal I think not that they don't know him I think they're gonna underestimate them so I think they're gonna surprise a lot of people like we didn't even know like Ruben Diaz was this good for example or like Bruno before he joined United we didn't know he'd be this good but Portuguese fans probably knew about this from a long time. So I think they're gonna I think they're gonna surprise a lot of people. I think I think they could win it again. I think I think the main thing for them is getting that balance between getting people like Diaz and um sort of uh Bruno and these guys that tournament experience but also keeping Ronaldo in that sort of prime as well so I think if they can have both of them at the same time they can definitely win this and the World Cup they need both of them factors like to come at the same time not Ronaldo to be too good and the rest of the squad not good enough and then not the rest of the squad to be really good and Ronaldo sort of faded off so they need like it just needs to happen at the same time for them that's why I think
0: yeah I agree with that I think it's going to be fun because you're going to have a, a core of um Patricio would be your number one wouldn't he not him not yeah. is it him over Lopez yeah to yeah. so be Patricio, then you've got a core of probably Pepe and Diaz that center back then you've got um Bruno Fernandes you've got Danilo starting and then you've got Ronaldo all throughout the spine of your team so the middle of your team and I don't think that would really waver like you're not going to rotate it over the, over the tournament unless you win the first two games and you don't you can rest some players but I doubt that will happen in the Euros yeah. but um I mean you could do that but I think that's just kind of like Salim said. The fact that there are other teams in the tournament that are getting bigger praise and bigger hype, like in England at the moment, England are getting all the praise and all the hype because of the likes of Mason Mount, Phil Foden. Um, you got all these people coming through Trent Alexander-Arnold, and you're just there, like, oh yeah, this is going to be an amazing tournament. We're going to do really well. But as as a Portuguese fan, how do you see the England national team um, as an opponent for yourself? Like, would you? Think that your team could be our team? Would you think we'd, we've actually got a strong team coming up with the likes of Harry Kane being there? Maguire might be uh, might be fit again. Henderson might be fit again. But how do you kind of see the England team, Felipe, as as an opponent from a neutral point of view?
2: Yeah. So in my opinion, England is always a strong contender, especially when playing at home. Uh, to that extent, I believe that uh, the new Tree Lion generation uh, players can surprise because um, we have players like like uh, Mount uh, Sterling. Uh, Kane, all of them are, are top players. Um, however, uh, I think their lack of experience, some of them, uh, when compared to teams like France, Germany, Spain, can be important in decisive moments. So a uh, quarter final, and final, uh, the experience usually supplants the reverence of age. Uh, however, I think England is definitely one of the, the big teams in the tournament. And I don't want to play with England, to be honest with, with you guys uh only if you guys tell me that we can go to pen, uh, to penalties and then
0: uh <laughs> no that's <laughs> I, not I, happening I... that's not happening Felipe <laughs> not penalties anymore especially after oh no we're not uh, doing penalties so, Portugal so, ever so, again uh,
2: I, I really think england uh i think you guys need to have these these extra luck in the decisive moments because uh this lack of experience sometimes can can be against you guys um because we, we always try start really strong. I remember Rooney in 2004, he played really, really decent. Uh, in the last tournaments, we have always guys that coming from the, the bench or, or uh, uh, playing in the start 11 with really good skills and really good players. However, I think this experience uh, when compared, as I mentioned with France or Germany or Spain, uh, can be dramatic for, for England.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fair enough to hear. And that's quite nice to hear a refreshing point of view on the England national team. Besides, oh, yeah, we're going to do amazing because we've got Foden Mount and we've got Grealish in the team. But um, with this tournament coming up, how do you um, do? You kind of know much about Gareth Southgate's tactics, how he plays? Because we see it as he's going to be a lot more pragmatic. So we, we've always complained on our podcast, all of us are in agreement at like this, that we play very pragmatic football with five defenders at the back two home midfielders and then just three attacking players and one of them being Harry Kane. So two have to like run around him as well. But is that something that you can see um, England actually progressing through the group stages and actually doing well in the quarterfinals? Or do you think we have to be a bit more attacking? Because as fans, I think Salim and I are in agreement. We want to see more attacking, free flowing, um, more passionate football than just sit five at the back against Scotland or five at the back against Czech Republic. Mm But how do you kind of see that for, um, again, from a neutral point of view, how do you, how would you kind of play if you were the manager of England? More free-flowing, or would you be happy with a 4 3 3 for example?
2: Yeah, more firepower. Po- Probably I would play in a 3-4-2 uh, or something like that. Uh, but definitely I will because England have a lot of good uh, wingers, and and we have Kane, and Kane is a goal machine guy. We don't have, for example, in Portugal, any guy like like Kane. You don't have... in, in even in, in Spain, you guys can't, can't remember one, one striker like Erikan. I think Erikan is a unique guy. Uh, definitely, mm-hmm. it could be worth uh, mentioned that he can play with, with uh, a false nine. Uh, but definitely, I will play with more firepower, with Sterling, with Mount, uh, probably with Sancho. Um, but playing with five in, in the back could, could, could be a good a good formation against France, against Germany, but not against uh other teams that are, are weaker and uh, you know sometimes uh, from the very beginning from the very beginning sorry um, the national teams must be start scoring scoring if you guys remember for example France they always start in a very in a really good shape also Spain so I think uh, England has all the power and uh, um, that's that you guys need to, to uh, win the, the tournament however you guys need to demonstrate in, on the pitch as well and sometimes it's really difficult against uh, uh, weaker teams uh, because uh, playing against uh, France, uh, Germany, Belgium, it's always uh, challenging. However, against smaller teams, I think England, and uh, you guys remember, for example, Iceland, uh, that uh, I think was your, your nightmare uh, this last time. So I think the challenge is oh, wow. to the, the mindset, the, the English mindset, because I remember when I was in, in, in England, You are always favourites to win. And I think uh, everything that uh, this bubble, again, uh, uh, around the team is not uh, really positive for for, for England national teams because you are always favourites to win uh, and there is a lot of pressure. So I think uh, players like Kane, Sterling and Mount, I think they can solve the game, but uh, um, Southgate should be the key. Uh, for this tournament, because it depends how Southgate will
0: approach the match against smaller teams and, and bigger teams as well. Yeah, definitely, 100% agree with that. The fact that Southgate has to find the key to actually winning a tournament with this with this current generation of English talent as well. Um, so we've just talked about our English talent that's coming up with the likes of Mount, Foden, Grealish, everything like that. I just wanted to hear more about the Portuguese youngsters. We mentioned João Felix earlier. Uh, we mentioned Nuno Mendes earlier, but I just want to hear about um, Nuno Mendes, Joao Felix, and I just want to hear more about Pedro Galvez as well. Congalves? Okay. Uh, I just want to know. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: difficult for you guys because of the, the,
0: yeah. the accent under the sea, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I just want to hear about these three players coming up because obviously, Joao Felix, I've mentioned to you in the past, Felipe, I'm a big fan of him, but he's not in the right system at um, Atletico oh, Madrid. He's won the league but he's not playing free-flowing attacking football that I've seen at Benfica for him, especially in that um, uh, run they got to the quarterfinals or the semifinals against Frankfurt. Yeah. He did really yeah. well against them. But I just want to know kind of your thoughts on, again, Nuno Mendes, uh, Con Calvez and uh, Jao Felix for us. Your, for me, they're your top three young players coming through for the next generation. But if yeah. you think anyone else is coming up, you can just uh, tell me and educate me about that. Which yeah, okay.
2: So you are... a. We have deep knowledge about the Portuguese talent, so so that is very, very good to to hear. To hear. So uh, yeah, regarding Nuno Mendes, I think he will be a definitely a good surprise because I think between uh, the Guerreiro and Nuno Mendes, I think Nuno Mendes can, can start playing. So Nuno Mendes is a complete full, full left fullback. Manage is strong and physical, but also really versatile. So he can play as a left-sided central back He has developed a great positional sense and understanding of the game and work rate of an engine, in my opinion. So he's really energetic, consistent, really aggressive player. Um, Liverpool, Man United, Real Madrid, all of them uh, have expressed their interest in this this season. And I think that uh, one of them will win the race for his signature. Uh, Hopefully that that, uh, he can go to to a club that continue to develop, but I think Romans mm-hmm. will be the, the biggest uh, name uh, in national team, a young player. Yeah. Regarding Jean Felix, João Felix definitely is a, a huge player. He, he won the, the golden boy. Um, he also played very well in Benfica. Uh, however, in Atletico Madrid, as you mentioned, the system and Diego Simeone um, mentality I think is not good for him. For example, if he goes for, for Man City. Even Man United, I think he would be a completely different player because he's, he's, he's really good with the ball, uh, very technical player. So I think Joan Felix, if he, he lives Athletic Madrid, I think he, he can be one of the, the best players around the world. Uh, also, in my opinion, to, to change his behavior because he acts as a pop star sometimes during the matches. Uh, really? Yeah, has, uh, has, he it, got a, it, has he
0: got an, an attitude already or like an arrogance already about it? Yeah, him?
2: sometimes, sometimes yes, because he has a lot of technique and sometimes it's not good uh, for him to have. You remember, you guys, when Ronaldo started playing in, in uh, Man United 2003? If, yeah. uh, if you guys remember, uh, Ronaldo always trying to dribble the players Then uh, Sir Alex Ferguson started to saying, you can't do this here, you must develop your skills, you must be a team player. And after that, Ronaldo was uh, completely uh, uh, winger and then uh, center uh, forward. I think yep. uh, Jean-Felix needs to to, to um, continue to develop and uh, continue to, to climb this ladder. So I oh. think Jean-Felix would be a, a good surprise as well. But I really don't know. To be honest, I think I rely more, more in Diogo Jota than in Jean-Felix.
0: No, I understand that completely. But would you say Jean-Felix's best position is... On the left hand of the free, or would you say like behind the strikers? No, no, in, in my opinion,
2: he's, he's a false nine. He can play in the, in the in every position in front. However, I think as yeah. a false nine or a striker, but a forward uh, supporting Ronaldo between uh, Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo, I think this could be a, a really good combination. However, I think our formation and our uh, system will not have Joan Félix in the uh, start 11, in my opinion.
0: So, sorry to interrupt, but Salem, did you just hear what you said? He said, jean Felix with Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes. Imagine a front three like that in, in our national team. That's just ridiculous. One of the best players of all time. One of the best players Man United have had in, in a long time. And one of the best upcoming talents in mm. world football. That's just ridiculous. Sorry, Felipe's for been so awesome, but like... Thank- that front three would just be amazing, but it was nice to hear about uh, Jean Felix. I really like him. I really think he's going to be a top player in the future. But I yeah. didn't know about the attitude problem, like you said about yeah. trying to be um, be the main man already. But he's won the league title. Hopefully, he does a lot more in the future um, for for Portugal as well. And sorry, uh, the last player was Pedro Goncalves. Goncalves, yes, Pedro Goncalves.
2: I do know know his, but but in Portugal we call him Pat as well. Uh, he's a really good player, attacking midfielder. Um, I think he is not the new Bruno Fernandes, to be honest, because he always uh, play in the, or right or right or left. So he's like a a, a guy that that gonna uh, have a free role. Bruno Fernandes is more center. So I think uh, Pedro Gonçalves is a little bit different. However, uh, he was the the, the top score goal scorer here in Portugal this season. Uh, So, uh, he has a lot of goals, so I I think he he will be a good surprise, but not for this tournament, because I think there is a lot of players uh, in front of him. Uh, So, for example, we'll have Rafa from Benfica. We also have João Félix, Diogo Jota, uh, even André Silva. Uh, But Pedro Gonçalves is a completely different player than those three. Uh, Probably he's more closer uh, to João Félix than any other else. However, I think he's more aggressive than João Félix. I think he, he will perform really well in the, the future, but probably not in these tournaments, but probably in the next one or something. And we are forgotten a very good player. That is João Palinha from Sporting as well. He's our number six. So I think daniel and William uh, Carvalho will be definitely Fernando Santos' choice. However, Palinha is... If, if you guys... Uh, right now, Kante is probably the biggest player right now. So uh, Palinha is more or less... The same, however, I think he needs to progress more in terms of the tactics. So if Palinha left Sporting this season, I think that that could be a huge surprise for you guys, because you, you, uh, I think he has 22 or 23, or yeah, 23 probably. So he's a really good player, and uh, hopefully he will transfer to England, and then he continues to progress.
0: Just, just not a Manchester City. We don't need another Manchester City Portuguese player there who's going to yeah. take the world by storm again. But that was João Paulinha Paulinho? Paulinho. 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 for Sporting yeah, Lisbon he, as well.
1: I was going to say, what about Pedro Neto? Is he not in the team? He's quite, he's quite good for Wolves.
0: Was he injured?
2: No, yeah, he's injured, yeah.
0: Mm. He cannot oh, okay. play. Yeah. He had a good start to the season as well, Pedro yeah. Neto, which was which was good as well. But um yeah, thank you very much for going through the young players of uh the Portuguese national team that selected as well. Um but I wanted to know, I think Salem wanted to know. I think everyone kinda wants to know more about your number seven, the main man, Cristiano Ronaldo. So um We being, like, me being a Man United fan and everyone being, like, Ronaldo fans, we want to know what it's like kind of supporting Cristiano Ronaldo as a Portuguese fan. Like, how is he to support? um, How was it watching the Euro 2016 uh, tournament with Ronaldo kind of taking a charge against Hungary, um, the game against Wales, obviously, and obviously being injured in the final. So I just want to know your thoughts about, obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo. Can he do it one more time for you? And do you reckon this is kind of his time to um, bring the new generation with him really because you we've just mentioned a lot of exciting young talent in portugal that we believe or i believe could end up winning a couple more trophies but do you think cristiano ronaldo can do that sorry we'll just start from the beginning like how is cristiano ronaldo to you as the portuguese national
2: so uh, for me cristiano ronaldo is the best probably uh, with osebi because osebi here is the, the big reference for us as well uh, but uh, cristiano ronaldo is the our the big man in portugal so I think our our odds will be all around Cristiano Ronaldo because sometimes Cristiano could could uh, with uh, his mentality we can move forward we can uh, have uh, and that run that extra mile or sometimes if it's not a Ronaldo day that could be uh, bad for us. So um, I think Ronaldo is not ever afraid of the game. He always are here for us. So in a free kick in a penalty or in a in a in a random kick, so uh, all of us expect that Ronaldo continue to perform. Uh, he is a huge athlete, so uh, I think he will go for another for, for the World Cup at least. Yeah. Uh, definitely. But definitely, I think uh, all, the, all all the the colleagues from the national team respect Ronaldo and understand that Ronaldo is one of one of, one of a kind. So alongside with Messi, probably uh, we'll need Mbappe or. Allen's Neymar, so they are in a different path. So, and we will understand this after a while. So, probably after the both of them retire. So, I think this will be a huge opportunity for all of us to, to see Ronaldo. I know that the world splits in two, so uh, Ronaldo and Messi, or against Ronaldo or against Messi. However, I'm a privileged guy to see Ronaldo in my national team. However, I really like to see other players like Messi, Neymar, or or other big players, big names. And regarding the Portuguese team, I think Portugal uh, has more chances with Ronaldo than without Ronaldo. Uh, also the respect and the other teams. Uh, and also, the you know, when you have a players like Ronaldo, the the centre-back or the right-back are always uh, looking to Ronaldo. And then uh, you can have João Félix, Diogo Jota, or other players uh, to be left alone and then to leave alone and then he can, they, they can score. So I think the influence of Ronaldo is more than than we can see in our team.
0: No, that was really well explained as well. Um, but Salim, I just wanted to know from yourself as well, being, being someone who's a big fan of Cristiano Ronaldo and um, I mentioned before it could be his last dance and you mentioned that he could easily go to the World Cup and Felipe has agreed with you as well. But do you really think this could be the first time in, I can't remember the last time when it happened, uh, Spain I think it was 2008 2012 when they actually retained the European Championship do you reckon Ronaldo being the captain the lead of the talisman of Portugal at this moment in time uh, obviously their most capped player with 170 caps and the top international scorer 102 goals as well um, do you reckon this could be another time where Cristiano Ronaldo could actually dominate a tournament he can actually may not obviously everyone will laugh at him for not being in the final and not scoring or whatever but that must have been amazing to actually win a trophy for his for his country and being that leader. But do you think Cristiano Ronaldo can actually inspire them to actually win another European Championship and keep it on the balance of Portugal? Do you reckon you could that that could happen, Salim?
1: Yeah, definitely. Like I, I can just assume that he's a massive sort of character. Like like uh, Felipe said, the whole country is sort of behind him. I can just imagine, you know, at the training ground. Like he's probably teaching everyone like everything. Like and especially when somebody like him talks and tries to coach you. You you listen you definitely listen so I think I think if you guys can remember when he got injured I think Dimitri Payet injured him in that final but he still tried to play on like twice or something and then obviously he was crying because you know he couldn't go any further but he showed his character by he didn't just go off and just sit in the stands or go in the shower he was you know on the touchline effectively like you know assistant manager that day you know guiding the team through it and supporting them and you know you I think. He gave a lot of like, even like, I think he was nanny or something, gave him the armband. And yeah, yeah it was a lot yeah. it was a lot of that. And that just shows that he's, he's not all about himself. Like, you know, he's more than that. He's, you know, for his whole country, he wants to do well. So I think he proved to a lot of people like he isn't this like, you know, arrogant one-man person. So I think his character and sort of his experience will help guide the younger lads. And hopefully if they listen to him and if they can play together, then... Definitely, even if they don't win this Euros, I think that the experience they can all get together from this tournament, they can definitely bring it into the World Cup.
0: Because I see it as like the passing of the torch, in a way, but I, I think you two disagree with me there. The fact that this is probably Ronaldo's probably last tournament as the main man because I see it as back in 2004 when he was the young rookie coming through and uh, Luis Figo was the main man for Portugal at the time the number seven you had the likes of Postiga there Manish there and and all sorts but Luis Figo was the main man at the time for Portugal and Ronaldo was the young guy coming through and they lost in the final to Greece unfortunately sorry Felipe but they lost in the final to Greece um, in Portugal as well but that was a learning curve for Cristiano Ronaldo it's kind of like you said Salim it's just it could be a learning curve for the younger players, Jao Felix, Bruno Fernandes, Ruben Diaz to come through, uh, Ruben Neves as well to come through and really make their tournament their own and, and get a lot of learning from this as well. But I, I think it will be a good tournament to see Portugal play. I think it will be nice to watch Ronaldo play with a lot, with a better calibre of player as well. The fact that you've got a lot of these talents coming through and they're actually winning league titles in in their respective country in france in portugal, and portugal and in england as well it's given them a, a better mentality than just ronaldo lifting 10 other guys up and winning the trophy and it's something that a lot of people can help uh, help ronaldo go for as well because this was the first time where ronaldo um he didn't win the Serie A this year for for juventus as well so that would be difficult but it'll, it'll be it'll be a good tournament for portugal i think portugal will do very well this tournament i think they're going to be a team to watch like salem said A lot of people aren't focusing on them, but they will be a dark horse in this tournament, just like Belgium. They're they're always going to do well. Um, but yeah, that was our little conversation about Cristiano Ronaldo. We could talk about him all day and all night, Felipe. So we'll have to get you on, get you on again for another time. And I just wanted to know about what the kind of, what the country was kind of feeling like at the moment. Like, is there a big anticipation for the Euros? Are they excited? Is the media happy about the team that's uh, been selected by Santos? Um, has there been any players that you thought, oh, they should have made it into the squad or they missed out in a way?
2: No, to, to be honest with you guys, I think this COVID situation, its I think it's the, the national team right now is even more important to uh, to us, to all of us. So I feel that in terms of quality, in terms of players with ability, with ability and playing for top teams, this Portuguese squad is up there uh, with the best. Yep. Uh, so... Uh, The country right now, we are really supportive, and right now we really rely on Fernando Santos. Sometimes he he can be a a really uh, conservative uh, coach. However, we won last time, so uh, no complain about that. I think all the Portuguese are with the the national team. We call Seleção, our team. We call Seleção. So I I think uh, being also the Euro 2016 champions is important to us because uh, we managed to won the last year. So uh, we are the European champions right now. And that is a really good feeling. It's the, our first time that uh, we we won a major competition. So if we move forward, uh, we can go to quarterfinals. It will be good. If we go to semifinals, even better. And if we go to final, it will be crazy because uh, I think no pressure for us right now. Probably the, the, the only guy that is pressure it's ronaldo because he wants to continue to to be the the number one around the world uh to to win the the ballon d'or so i think probably ronaldo has a lot more pressure than than our national team our our national coach as well and we really we really think that we can do it however we also have a lot of countries, a lot of teams like like the England, Spain, Germany and France that are, I think, uh,
0: one step higher than us. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And it's, it's nice to see that you have kind of using this as like, like the countries using this as like an escape from COVID and the fact that you can all enjoy it together as one after the, the COVID situation in Portugal and in the, around the world as well. So that's something that would be nice for the Portuguese people to enjoy um, going forward. Um, just to break it up, we, we tend to do our little, we make it like a five aside or a six aside for, um, our guest that comes on, but obviously cause you're Portuguese, Felipe, we're doing an all time six aside, Portuguese side. So this is from past and this is from present, not really the future. Cause we don't know who's going to be in the future, <laughs> but, um, Felipe, you can start us off being our guest. So you can have a goalkeeper and you can have five outfield players, or you can have no goalkeeper and just put six outfield players. Into the team as well. So you go first, and we'll have our go at the sixer side of well, all-time Portuguese sixer side.
2: Okay, so I would say that uh, on front, Eusebio, definitely, and Cristiano Ronaldo, mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: Luis Figo, and
0: Rui Costa. Rui Costa was an amazing Rui player. Costa. He was yeah. very good. Uh, AC yeah. Milan, Benfica, I think he played for as well, but yeah, AC Fiorentina. Milan especially. Fiorentina I remember Fiorentina
2: as well with Fiorentina. Batistuta. With Batistuta. Uh,
0: that was before my time. I just remember him from the AC Milan days, uh, 2004 <laughs> yeah, especially. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was really good to see him play. And you were 2004. He was very good against England, if I remember correctly. Yes,
2: yes, yes. He, he, he scored score one, one, an amazing goal against England. In yeah. uh, also, probably, I will, I, I will pick Paulo Foutre, uh you know, from uh, Atletico Madrid. was probably the first big uh, international player for us. Yeah. And... Um, uh, I would say that that uh, behind uh, I, I really respect a lot of players, but right now Pepe is, is, is a guy that is, is demonstrating a lot of youth in these last uh, in his last uh, moments of his career. So I would say that I will not go to the 60s or 70s because it's, it's because I would say six or seven players or 10. From mm. Benfica squad that won the, the European Cup in '61 and '62 against Barcelona and Real Madrid, I could say Corte Pereira, I could say Torres, I could say uh, other names, but I think these these six that I mentioned is it, it, more balanced and it's more uh, uh, ethical as well. Yeah, I was just going good- to
1: mention that. Sorry, I was going to mention like the one player I used to enjoy was watching was Deco. But Yeah, yeah. I think Deco if, for if you remember, was it was it Euro? I can't remember which tournament it was now, but. I think it was Euro 04 oh. or World Cup 06. The game yes. with, what is it, 16 yellow cards? Six. And yeah. Against yeah. the Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah.
0: ridiculous. Yeah. That was a crazy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The Battle of Nuremberg, they called it. Yeah. I-, I just <laughs> remember the that photo
1: of like Deco. Uh, was it that photo of Deco just sat in the stands or something? That's what I
0: just remember mm. from that yes. game. There's like two of them just sat in the stands after being sent off, and the subs just looking. Yeah. At like
2: it's Manish my, my as well. Manish as well. Like, it was crazy. Hmm. <laughs> that game was, was, was crazy. So crazy. Uh, completely crazy.
0: I was hate, it, That was a I World hate. Cup,
2: wasn't it? I
1: think. Yeah, 2006. Yeah. Yeah, 06. Yeah, yeah, I remember it was like that time.
2: Yeah, we won. We won one 0 <laughs>
0: And you yeah. got through to the next round, and you played England, and or uh, well, after yeah. someone you played England, and we don't need to mention the penalties <laughs> yes. or, or Carvalho's uh, getting getting kicked by Wayne Rooney. Really. We'll, oh, we'll leave yes. that. We'll leave that. Um, yes. And and for that reason, he's not in my six aside uh, for Portugal. So um, for me, I'm going to go for Ricardo in goal, obviously because of the penalties that he saved, not just in 2006, but in 2004 as well. Really good goalkeeper. Uh he, he brought me to tears as a as a young man, as a as a boy, I should say. So Ricardo did really well for Portugal and he was a keeper that I probably rate higher than uh Ru Patricio. Ru Patricio is probably a better keeper, but Ricardo did it more in tournaments for um for Portugal. Obviously he didn't because Patricio won the Euros. But I just like seeing more of Ricardo than Patricio. That's the personal opinion. Yeah. Uh then I'm gonna go for uh I will go for Pepe. I'll go for Pepe Pepe as as you pronounce it, uh as a centre back. He's just been there since 2010 or 2008, if I remember correctly, and is still going at the age of 38. He's got his new lease of life in Porto. So kind of like Ica Casillas, he left Real Madrid, he's gone to Porto, carried on his career in a, in a less tough environment, but it's still kind of doing well for his country and, and it's still in, in his national team. So I have to shout out Pepe there. He's been really well and he's going to be probably, I, I was trying to think of a way to try and get Valente in, Nuno Valente. I quite like watching him. Um, once upon a time, uh, Salim Felipe hates Porto, so I'm trying not to put any Porto players in. Being someone from Lisbon, so you can <laughs> see when he stopped smiling when you when yeah, you I mentioned think. a Porto player. That's what that's why I was like, I'm not going to try and put. No, De- but he's
1: been hyping up Pepe this whole time. Pepe is Porto, yeah. isn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah, He's remembering Pepe from Real Madrid, I, I guess. But no, no, I'm I can't. I'm not going to put Nuno Valente in. Actually, I'm going to put Paulo. Ferre- no, I'm not going to put Paulo Ferrer in. I, I don't like him that much as well. He didn't even play in the Champions League final power thrower. but yeah, got Ricardo, got Pepe. Then it's going to be a front four. So this is where I get some of my fun. So I got Bruno Fernandes in there because obviously I'm a Man United fan. I've loved him ever since he walked through the doors at Old Trafford. Obviously he didn't do really well in the Europa League final, but it's had an amazing season for me personally. Then I'm going to go for Luis Figo, who for me growing up was one of the, um, I think it's changed over the years, but when you grew up, you saw these amazing players from foreign countries, for me personally, as like, they were like larger than life. Like Luis Figo's, the Dan, Roberto, Carlos, the Galacticos, they were known as these really big players, but now you just see them uh, like foreign games um, consistently, like we do in England. We see it like every other week or we see it on social media, but Luis Figo is someone I would only see on Champions League nights, or I'd see him in European tournaments because I wouldn't have the La Liga channel back when I was a kid. So seeing Luis Figo all the time was amazing, especially in Europe 2004, Um, 2006 especially, I think that was his last tournament as well, Luis Figo. And then it was just really good to see him play as a right midfielder, as a left midfielder. Fun player to watch. Then I'm going for... I picked four, haven't I? So I forgot. Nani as my number five. I was going to go for João Felix, but I've seen more of Nani. He's done a lot for, um, obviously, for Portugal over the years. And it's just something that I'm a big fan of Nani. Nani didn't get the appreciation as a Man United player because he was always the other portuguese player compared to cristiano ronaldo as the attacker
1: i think they kept trying to compare him to him but you can't it, compare anyone to ronaldo because everyone that united bought after ronaldo left was, "Oh, this is the next ronaldo this is the next but people need to understand there'll never be another ronaldo they, they just could. like there'll never be another messi it's never gonna happen
0: it will never happen like they always <laughs> rate play it like gabriel Oberton was linked as the next ronaldo from france but he never was um, but yeah, we'll, we'll skip Gabriel over time. But Nani, he did really well in Euro 2016 as well. I remember especially in Euro 2012, he had a good tournament. I remember you playing against, I think it was Germany you were playing, and you had a lot of counterattacks in, in that game in the second half as well. So it was like Ronaldo, Nani, I think Almeida was the other striker going forward, going forward, or Postiga was the other striker just running forward, and it was fun mm-hmm. to see. Um, but yeah, Nani's in that team for me. Uh, number six is obviously Cristiano Ronaldo, who I believe is... Uh, I'm going to say it officially on the, on the podcast, but I believe he's, he is officially the greatest player of the 21st century. For me, is someone that I've loved watching as a kid from his years in 2003 to 2004 to now. I really believe he's someone that will go down in history as one of the best players of all time, probably one of the best of the 21st century, because him and Messi, I would say. And it's going to be fun to see him in this tournament. I've, I've loved talk to, talking about him properly because we have two other guys on here, um, Felipe, Raheel and Arif who are major Ronaldo fans. So I was really annoyed they couldn't make it today, but it's like a national holiday in England, a bank holiday um, yeah. today. So they are both on holiday, so it's fair enough. But I was like, you'd have loved it today because all we're gonna talk about is Portugal and Ronaldo and you're gonna have so much fun, but oh, we're, <laughs> we're busy, we're away, but no worries. But yeah, Ronaldo for me, uh, he's in my sixth side, he's the captain and he's probably the one that's gonna score all of the goals for us as well. He's gonna be the one leading the team going forward as well. Um, so that was mine, Ricardo, gonna go for Pepe, it was Bruno Fernandes, the Nani, Figo and Ronaldo. That's my, my six. Salim, let's hear your team. So I'd go
1: for Rui, Rui Patricio in net. I don't think I've ever rated Ricardo as a keeper, but I'm not sure if he was good or not. That's the thing. In defence, I've got Carvalho and Pepe, two of them. Mm-hmm. And then I've got like a front three of Figo, Deco and Ronaldo. I'd um, give a shout out to a, a player that I used to sign a lot in football manager. That's uh, Quaresma. Uh, yes. Yeah, he he's is a good player. I used to yeah. just, I used to sign him so much in I think football manager twelve or thirteen for Villa every season. I'd I i do not know. He, and he's he's famous for his outside of the boot, I think it is. Did he's, he score you know, one in the
0: World Cup as well? Was it against Iran? S, yes, yes. with the, yeah. uh, outside
2: of the boot yeah. So we he's, That's he's famous for like it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, mean, I I used to rate him, I used
1: to enjoy watching him, but I don't know if he's still got it, but he used to be a really good player.
0: So, you've got Ronaldo, Deco, um, Vigo. Vigo, then you've got two defenders, Carvalho, Pepe, and, and Patricio. Patricio. So, Felipe, who's who seems better out of mine and Salim's? Whose team would you not want to face? I would
2: say that I would pick three for each team. So, I would say that, that Ronaldo is the, the institution, definitely. But I, yeah. I, I really like I really like Deco and Quaresma. I think Quaresma is a really underrated. I think Quaresma you, it's a really fun story uh, Ronaldo and Quaresma came up in the, in the same in the same squad of the sporting and all of the the guys here in Portugal, my colleagues scouts all of them say Quaresma is better than Ronaldo all of them and Quaresma, in my opinion is is, is a youth technique if you compare to Ronaldo but mm. uh, Ronaldo has all the brain all the, this mentality. And Koreshmer, he, he went to, to to Turkey to play in Besiktas and I yeah. think he managed really bad his career. He mm. he went to, to Barcelona, but he never played there. So I would say that he's a complete... Sir Alex Ferguson changed Ronaldo. So I think this yeah. is the
1: key. I was going to say, I've got two questions, really. So obviously, like, we know Ronaldo's mentality is different level. But I was going to ask, so do you remember that goal that Ronaldo scored against Spain where he went past, like, I don't know four players and he chipped the keeper and then uh, Nani like
2: Nani. <laughs> it was, Ronaldo was and Nani and Nani are really friends yeah that, they're uh, really close Ronaldo was really pissed off because it, it would be one of the, the best goals ever seen yeah. so it was crazy it was I think in Stadio de Luz so it was crazy against Spain and Spain was the former a good team man. The, yeah the, the world uh, the world champions and it it's Portugal, Spain. It's always like uh, I would say that Scotland, uh, Germany, and uh, and uh, England. So yeah, is, yeah, it's, so a it's yeah rivalry. So I remember. i
1: that. Say my other question would be that: Do you know when Ronaldo was a kid or something, and him and his mate were playing, and they said that whoever scored did sign him, and then his mate squared the ball to Ronaldo, saying that you're better than me, and he let him score. Is that story true or yeah, it's, it's true. true. It's true, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I've read about it. Obviously, it's an yeah. amazing story, as you've probably seen yourself as well. But yes, yes, he, yes, um, it's true. Yeah, he passed up the chance, yeah. Yeah, also, oh,
2: we have a lot of stories here with Ronaldo. so it's, it's, yeah. It's I
1: thought, good. oh, I had one more shout out actually. Uh, do you remember the, the Portugal, Sweden, um, two legs uh, yeah. qualifiers? I think yeah. those that, those two were probably the best. I think they were European qualifiers. but His those playoffs.
2: Where is the, the playoffs? Playoffs. Was it
1: yeah. for the
0: World Cup?
2: The... Yeah, playoffs. Ibrahimovic against Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. I think I think that's probably the
1: best sort of playoffs I've ever seen, like ever. And it was just he got a hat trick in one game, and yeah, un- unbelievable that was. Yeah,
0: he yeah. came up clutch then. That was
2: incredible. Yeah. And I think Ronaldo is more or less like that when you try to challenge Ronaldo. He is always there to to decide the games and and for the national team he's always there. Sometimes uh, it's difficult, but if you remember the, the crucial moments, uh, except the final in the the last hero that was injured, so he was always there. So we cannot complain about Ronaldo. Yeah. No,
1: he was still there though. Like you know, he was still there actively, yeah. and he did try to play. What more can you? Yes, do?
2: yes. That's it was it was amazing, and it and that, when I saw Ronaldo injured. And crying. I mentioned to my colleagues, my friends, I I, I mentioned to them, we will win right now. We win for Ronaldo, the players will Mm. win for Ronaldo. So I think uh, uh, we were the Wonder Dogs at that time, and the France already think they were champions, and all the the, the behavior was like, oh, Portugal didn't play a a thing during the whole tournament. It was okay for us because (laughs) we didn't play a lot. But uh, in the final, we showed that that we are a really resilient uh, national team. And without uh, with, without Ronaldo, we can still
0: play and win. Yeah, you, mu- you must be watching a couple of these games from Euro 2016 to excite yourself for the next couple of weeks coming up, Felipe. That must be something that you'd be doing. For us, what have we got, Salim? What, Iceland? No, we've got Wales. We beat Wales in the last minute. That's what we can get excited about for the, for the Euros coming up. <laughs> that Daniel Sturridge winner. Um, against Wales, that that was a fun game to watch. Um, but uh, Felipe, I just wanted to know one last question before you uh, before, uh, before we wrap it up. Do you have any personal stories about any of the players? Because obviously you're a football scout in Portugal. Um, do you remember any of these players coming through their academies and maybe you went out to scout them, or your colleagues were telling them about um, whoops, were telling you about them? Like, did they say, "Oh, I've seen this player from Sporting Lisbon is going to be really good," and uh, two years later they're on television scoring a goal? Do you have any kind of stories like that for us? Yeah.
2: We, I have so regarding Ruben Diaz. So, Ruben Diaz came from a, a local club that is called Estrela Amadora. And okay. I coached Estrela Amadora two, three years ago. And then uh, there is a, uh, an, an amazing story that Ruben Diaz, in fact, he started in front. He was a, 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 a striker. And then oh, no. there was a colleague of mine there that Oh, this guy is a center back. And then he started playing as a center back. And then he he transferred to Benfica, and then in Benfica he started playing uh, always in center back uh, because that coach uh, In Stra Amador decided. that. Uh, so I coached the, the, that, that that team as well. And there, this, this is really a funny story about about Ruben Diaz, and now Ruben Diaz is probably one of the best center backs uh, around uh, worldwide. So I think this is really good uh, good uh, good story that that uh, uh, came up to my mind right now.
0: Yeah, because you see how Ruben D- uh, Diaz can finish a, a ball and he can score properly. Yes. So you, you kind of see he's still got his striker's instinct as well. So that was, that was quite nice to hear as well. And it's just nice of a uh, nice fact for you to share it with us as well. So thank you very much, Felipe. But um, Salim, did you have any more questions for Felipe?
1: Uh, I was going to say, has he seen Ezri Conte play? Because he can play for Portugal. how Villa. Aston yeah. Villa. As es- 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 he's better than all the England ones, but they didn't call him up. Portugal should have called him up.
0: He's eligible.
2: Uh, yeah, I I don't think so. Right now, <laughs> I think he, he will not play. To be honest with you guys, <laughs> nah,
0: it's better to be honest. Well. Yes,
2: yeah, so, so, sorry <laughs> to say, sorry to say, but it, it will be difficult. I think there is a a new a new guy that probably would join Portugal. It is gosh from Man City. I know that you guys like Man City, but Right now, he's a really fast winger. He's probably the fastest player from the Man City Academy. He called Borges. So mm-hmm. uh, look at this guy. That He, he will be the, the future of Portugal as well. He's, I think, 18 years old, right?
0: Your your young talent is ridiculous, the fact that you keep bringing through young players. And I'm quite glad that England has caught up in a way that we've got a lot of young talent coming through. But when you look across Europe as well, Germany, France, um, even Italy coming through with some good young talent as well. It would be nice to see um, them coming through and taking football forward with with the next generation. But uh, Felipe, I just wanted to thank you very much for coming onto the podcast today. Uh, It was nice to speak to you. It was nice to see you as, as well. Um, after all this time do enjoy the European Championships hopefully England win and not Portugal but obviously <laughs> if England don't win and Portugal win then it's all it's all good um, for that to happen Salem, as always thanks for coming on it looks yeah. like you have something to say sorry um,
1: yeah. sorry just a quick one. I was going to say that we should catch up with Felipe after the Euros you know no matter what just to go over you know I, how the games went and stuff
0: Salim, i think Salim, i think we should actually fly to lisbon and we should meet Sa- <laughs> we should meet we should meet felipe in person um i
1: don't i don't mind i, th- I
0: yeah. think we can put that on company expenses and i think it'll be quite nice to sp- uh, speak to felipe in a little restaurant or a bar in, in lisbon what do you say felipe do you think yeah it, let's happened?
2: do it let's do it guys and we can go to benfica stadium that is the best one around so let's do it let's catch up and uh, and i i'm here and uh, feel free to to Pop
1: in definitely. I'd, I'd probably also say that uh, Greenish is better than Ronaldo at the moment, so <laughs> look out for that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have to end it there after that. But no, thank you very much, Stalin. Uh, Felipe, thank you very much for your time and for your company. We'll speak to each other soon. Take care and goodbye. Thank you, thank, thank
1: you, you guys. You. Take good care. Bye.